Welcome to Convention Pulpit, Wesleyan Voices Past and Present, brought to you through the Ministry of Inner Church Holiness Convention. Visit our website for an entire library of great sermons and more information on this ministry, www.ihconvention.com. Jay Wesley Adcock was known not only as a gifted speaker, but one who was deeply humble. This sermon was preached at the annual camp meeting held at God's Bible School and College in Cincinnati, Ohio in 1978. It's titled, The Holy Ghost in Our Prayers. I know you will enjoy this excellent message. Like as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. He knoweth our frame, he remembereth that we're dust. If you want a proper analysis of Adcock void of the grace of God, I could give it to you briefly. Dust. Proper evaluation. Dust. But I'm so glad in Jesus we can have our Heavenly Father watching over us. I share with you a scripture lesson, part of which is found in the Gospel according to St. Luke and part of it in the book of Romans. Read with us, if you will, in Luke chapter 11, beginning with verse 1, and then in Romans chapter 8, verses 26 and 27. And it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. And he said unto them, When ye pray, say, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done as in heaven, so in earth. Give us day by day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And he said unto them, Which of you shall have a friend, and shall go unto him at midnight, and say unto him, Friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine in his journey has come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. And he from within shall answer and say, Trouble me not, the door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give thee. I say unto you, Though he will not rise and give him because he is his friend, yet because of his importunity he will rise and give him as many as he needeth. And I say unto you, 
ask and ye shall, and it shall be given you. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. If a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he for a fish give him a serpent? Or if he shall ask an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? Romans chapter 8, verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Would you stand, please, for prayer? Our loving Heavenly Father, we thank Thee for Thy fatherly concern and care and keeping. We thank Thee for Thy great, gracious, superintending care, for Thou art still reigning in righteousness and holiness and truth. We thank and praise Thee for every answer to prayer, the past, the present, and the future. But we beg Thee now in the name of Jesus that Thou will do what we can't do and give that enablement that will make it possible for us to please and to glorify thee. Further move in this place that revival fires may burn and spread uh, here and from here. Lead us along. Help us to prosper spiritually in the light of eternity. For we ask it in Jesus' dear name. Amen. You may be seated. The Lord helping me, I would like to say something that would have a twofold benefit uh, in the message that I share with you. I hope I can say something that will enable you and you and me to be more efficient and effective in our praying for this particular camp meeting. In addition to that, I hope I'll be able to say something that the Holy Ghost can quicken to your heart's good until you'll have some benefit from truth that I share with you when you are hundreds of miles or however many miles your home may be from here. Without singling out a verse to call a text, but with scripture that I've read in your hearing as a basis for the message, I want to speak to you on the place of the Holy Ghost in proper praying. I choose to say in proper praying, for it seems to me there must be something lacking in much so-called praying. If not, there surely would be much more happening than there is. So it seems that it is fitting and in order that I limit the subject by saying uh, the uh, Holy Ghost as he is uh, operating or his place in proper praying. 
Somebody has expressed it quite well in reminding us that we need the Holy Ghost to be the director of our praying and the dynamic of our praying and the destiny of our praying. I think the best time and the most blessed time there is for anybody to pray is when they have been prompted by the Holy Ghost to pray. I am of the opinion that I speak this afternoon to some that can remember an incident or maybe more than one when the Holy Ghost prompted you to pray and you thought, I will. I will when the dishes have been finished or I will when the house has been cleaned up or I will when this patch of potatoes has been hoed or some other uh, task or chore had been taken care of. And in case after case, one of two things happened. Somebody forgot to go pray after, after the Spirit had prompted them or, or they thought they would and put it off and put it off and failed to have the benefits that they would have had if they had gone when the Spirit prompted them. Some time ago, I was on the front porch at home. As I recall, I wasn't thinking anything about prayer and uh, the Spirit prompted me to go pray, prompted me to pray, and I went into the back part of the house. But what am I going to pray for? I didn't know what I should pray for, but as I waited, the Holy Ghost that had prompted me led me, led my heart out in prayer, and uh, I was praying in part for the prayer meeting at the old people's home close to Frankfurt Pilgrim College in those days. When I had the report from the prayer meeting that I'd prayed for, I had good news. Some outsider had come in and had gotten old-time religion. I had a little part. Oh, I don't know how small. Maybe you'd need a magnifying glass to find it, but surely I must have had a little part in that, not because my name was Adcock and not because I was a great prayer, but because the Holy Spirit prompted me and I heeded the prompting and he led and I followed and God answered. Praise his name forever. I want the Holy Ghost to be the director of my praying. I want him to prompt me to pray. I want him to lead me to pray. I so desperately need him to be the director of my praying. I need him to be the director because I don't know what to pray for and I don't know how to pray as I ought. And furthermore, if he is the director of our praying, there should be at least three rich benefits come from our praying. First of all, if he directs our praying, he will put some spiritual depth, D-E-P-T-H, into our praying that otherwise would not be there. I'm glad that the Holy Spirit is pleased to help us pray about various things. I'm glad that we can come to God about little matters. My wife might ask the Lord to help her find a needle and be sewing with that needle in a very short while. It's wonderful to know that he can heal the headache or heal the toothache. I'm glad that he's able to send in finance if finance is needed. But I'm so glad that if he is the director of our praying, he won't stop with helping you find a needle. He won't stop with sending in some finance. He won't stop with healing the physical man. Oh, he may aid in so doing, 
But if he is the director of our praying, he will put some spiritual depth into our praying and enable us to ask with spiritual riches that will enrich our soul in the light of eternity when the prayer has been answered. Let me illustrate that from Paul's prayer for, to the, for the Philippians. In Philippians chapter 1, verses 9, 10, and 11, And this I pray, that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment, that ye may approve things that are excellent, that ye may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness which are by Jesus Christ to the glory and the praise of God. That certainly isn't a very long prayer, but it surely is a deep one. It has spiritual depth in it. If some people got their prayers answered, they wouldn't be any better off in the light of eternity. But if you get Paul's prayer for the Philippians answered in your behalf, you'll have spiritual riches that should enable you to rejoice over forever and forever. Bless his name. I want him to be the director of my praying and put some spiritual depth in my praying until I'll not be satisfied just to pray for minor things as much as he may be pleased to help us pray on those lines. But if he is the director, he'll get us beyond material benefits and physical benefits and enable our soul to cry for spiritual blessings and benefits that won't wear out with time but shall be enrichments for our, uh, to our soul forever. But if the Holy Ghost is the director of our praying, he'll not just put depth into our praying, but he'll put breadth into our praying. I guess if somebody reported correctly, there must have been a woman who prayed for herself and her husband and her son and the, uh, their son and their daughter, uh, those four and no more. Well, some people may pray like that without being directed by the Holy Ghost, but if he is the director of, of your praying, he won't have you always stop at the end of the family circle. The family circle is a good place to start praying, but not a good place to stop praying, at least not all the time. It was my privilege to have around 100 or maybe a little better now in class that have gone to mission fields, and over and over I prayed for students that went to the mission field and prayed for the members of my household and prayed for neighbors on the one side and, one, and neighbors on the other side of our house, our home. And then said, I've said something about like this, Lord, not these only, but bless and help every individual regardless of denomination or location or education. If they're seeking to glorify you, bless them too. If the Holy Ghost directs our praying, he will put some breath into our praying. We'll not be satisfied just to uh, pray around in our family circle. It'll even get us beyond denominational fences if we have the Holy Ghost to be the director of our praying. And furthermore, he who puts some depth into our praying and puts some breadth into our praying will put some length into our praying length into our praying. I, I think some people get a wrong notion about length relative to prayer. I believe there are some people who consider that this prayer over here that they prayed that was an hour long would have to be more important, more fruitful, more blessed or beneficial than one that was uh, uh, just twice the uh, length of the first one. 
Uh, one that was an hour long would happen to be two times as beneficial and fruitful as the one that was 30 minutes long. Well, maybe so, but not necessarily so. Sometimes the one that's 30 minutes long may, may be more fruitful, may have greater results than the one that was otherwise. Well, preacher, if that be so, why are you even having anything to say about the length of prayer? Well, we need to put some length into our praying because there is an awful devil that is against Holy Ghost praying. I say there is an awful devil that is uh, working against individuals who really earnestly, fervently, and faithfully pray. Uh, the Lord help us to see that that is true. Some time ago, I was in a meeting at Galesburg, Illinois, and I was in my room in Brother Asbury's home trying to pray. It was so hard that I, I just quit trying to pray and started in thanking and praising the Lord. I learned years ago that if I couldn't pray, I could praise. After all, prayer and praise are to the Christian uh, uh, so much as to what the two wings are to a blue jay. Doesn't matter how good the right wing is, if the left one is broken, you need not expect it to go soaring through the air. And so some people's praying doesn't get very high because it doesn't have enough praise mixed in with it. And some people's praise falls pretty short because it doesn't have enough prayer mixed in with it. Well, we need to have both prayer and praise. The Lord help us to see that and to profit by that. And so I started thanking and praising the Lord in that upstairs room in Galesburg. I don't know how long it lasted, perhaps 20 or 30 minutes, and the devil left, and I was able, after having uh, tried to praise him, uh, to pray and got clear through until my soul was flooded with blessing from on high. I got so blessed, I went down to the supper table and got so blessed at the supper table that I got up and rejoiced in the Lord and didn't eat for a while. Well, I'm glad to tell you that if he is the director, he'll put some length into our praying, and we need to have some length that we may not be cheated out. If I'd have given up the first five minutes of that season of prayer, I would have been defeated. If I'd have given up the first 20 minutes, I would have been shortchanged or defeated. But the Holy Ghost helped me to hold on, to wait on, to persevere, and I had rich benefits because he, the spirit of truth and of burning, aided my soul with some length uh, until it didn't give up and be cheated out by the devil. The Lord helped us to see that too. Uh, and then there's another reason we need to have length in our praying is because there are so many to pray for and so much to pray for that we can't get it all done in three minutes before we crawl in bed at night. If we're going to have a Holy Ghost camp meeting, we'll need to have more than three minutes of prayer before we crawl in bed at night. There'll need to be some length into it because there is an awful devil to face and because there are so many to pray for and so much to pray about. But not only do we need the Holy Ghost to be the director of our praying, we need him to be the, the dynamic of our praying. Did you ever try to answer this question? What really puts what, what really puts power into your praying? Well, I think some people, some people act as if they would uh, say, I, I uh, believe what really puts power in my praying is to pray loud. Well, I like to pray loud. I like to get off in the woods or in the field or in uh, the corn crib somewhere and pray right out loud. 
but I know enough about praying to know that just praying loud, loud won't put power in your praying. Somebody else would surely say, no, preacher, if you really want to put power in your praying, be sure you pray low. Just, just whisper your prayer. Well, I have seen the time when God's presence was so blessed and hallowed that it would seem out of order. It would seem uh, irreverent to pray in an ordinary conversational tone, and it was so much in order to just whisper. But I also know that just whispering won't put power in your praying. Somebody else, it seems to me, would surely be constrained to say, Preacher, I, I tell you what I think really puts power in your praying is for you to have plenty of flowery words and phraseology. Uh, what a beautiful prayer. Did you ever hear that expression referring to some prayer? What a beautiful prayer. Well, I'm of the opinion that if it really were a beautiful prayer uh, with its addiction and uh, phraseology and uh, wording, uh, it didn't get beyond the ceiling. No, sir, a flowery prayer won't make it a powerful prayer. Well, preacher, if those are not uh, contributions toward power in prayer, what really does put power in your praying? Well, I can tell you this further negatively. Uh, just by adding your name to it won't put power in it. And just attaching your church name to it won't put power in it. Well, preacher, if those won't, what will put power in your praying? Well, if you and I can ha have our heart in harmony with the word and will of God, until the blessed Holy Ghost directs our praying. He will put power in our praying. Bless his name. I'm glad he is the dynamic of our praying. Did you hear the scripture lesson there from Romans chapter 8, verses 26 and 27? Uh, the Holy Spirit maketh intercession with groanings that cannot be uttered. I really got some help from Adam Clark some time ago when I was reading his comments there. He declares that those unutterable groans are big with meaning. Somebody might be constrained to say, well, preacher, if you can't find any words to use, it must not amount to much. If, if it's just a groan, it couldn't be very significant. It couldn't have very much importance. Well, that's not what uh, Dr. Clark declares. He declares that the unutterable groans are big with meaning and are fully understood by the Father because they contain the language of his own spirit. So if you, can't, if you can't think of any words to use, and to me, if we get very much praying done in spiritual depth, there'll be at least some times that we can't find a word that'll fit, we can't find a word that'll say what our heart cries for, and if you reach that point, don't you give up or quit or be cheated out. Remember, the unutterable groans are big with meaning, Remember, God understands them completely. They contain the language of his own spirit, and you just go right on groaning. When, when you can't have anything to help you get the prayer beyond the ceiling, just let the Holy Ghost uh, put his sanction and seal upon it, and a prayer prayed in the Spirit through the Son to the Father cannot be denied. No, I didn't say it wouldn't be. I said it couldn't be or it cannot be denied. If it is prayed in the Spirit through the Son to the Father, for God can't deny himself. We need the Holy Ghost to be the director of our praying. We need him to be the dynamic of our praying. If there is any difference in each of these three over the other two, it must be that this third surpasses the other two. I say if there is a difference. Uh, we need the Holy Ghost to be the destiny of our praying. 
To say that in another way, we need the Holy Ghost to be the result, the outcome, the benefit of our praying. Let's go back to the first part of the scripture lesson. Jesus was praying, and somebody upon hearing him was so impressed with the praying of Jesus that he made a request of Jesus and wanted Jesus to teach them to pray as John also taught his disciples. I, I would like to have heard Jesus pray. I certainly would like to have heard Jesus pray. I would like to have heard him preach. Did you ever try to decide which you would have chosen if you might have heard him pray or you might have heard him preach? Couldn't have heard both, one or the other? Which would you have chosen? Well, each would have been so blessed, it surely would have been a hard decision to make to decide which one. But it seemed to me that if I might have heard Jesus either pray or preach, I would have chosen to have heard him pray. Anyway, there's not one record that I know of in this book where anybody ever did ask Jesus to teach them to preach, but somebody did ask that he teach them to pray. And did you notice Jesus complied with their request? I can't prove it by the book. It doesn't tell us. But I don't think they even waited to get to a college classroom for the lesson to be started. I don't think they even waited to enroll at some college or university or Bible school for the lesson to be uh, shared with them, for the lesson to be given. Anyway, he, he gave them the pattern for proper praying, and then after the pattern, the perseverance for proper praying, after the pattern and the perseverance, uh, then he gave them promises in connection with praying. What a prayer lesson. What a rich lesson. When you pray, say, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. As in earth, so in heaven. As in heaven, so in earth. And, and then he told them about an individual having company to come. He didn't have any bread to set before them and uh, went over to a friend's house, should have gotten bread on the grounds of friendship, but didn't get a crumb on that grounds, but he didn't get cheated out. He started in knocking. I don't know whether he knocked 30 minutes or three hours and 30 minutes, but he got all that he needed by perseverance. And after the pattern, then the perseverance, and then the threefold promise, ask and you shall receive, seek and you shall find, knock and it shall be open unto you. But he didn't stop there. Did you read, did you listen to the last verse that I read in your hearing? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your uh, children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to them that ask him? And then, then, he is more willing to give the Holy Ghost to them that ask of him than earthly parents are to give good gifts. In other words, it seems to me that if you were to read between the lines, you have Jesus giving a, a message about like this. Now, I've given you, in compliance with your request, a pattern, a need of perseverance, and threefold promise. But if you want to get the biggest possible dividends from your praying, if you want to get the biggest possible uh, benefits from your praying, be sure that whatever else you pray for, you pray for the outpoured presence and power of the third person of the Godhead, the blessed Holy Ghost himself. Let me see if I could illustrate or impress that upon you a little further. Some years ago at Frankfurt Pilgrim College, I had a student who asked 
Does the Holy Ghost do anything for us but save us and sanctify us? Oh, yes, yes, he does much more than that. I don't know what all he does do. I think you may find for yourself at least 16 definite benefits that come by, from the Holy Ghost. It was he who brought us under conviction. He's the one that led us, wooed us to Jesus. He's the one that takes the things of Christ and shows them unto us. I'm so glad for the times he's done that for me. He's the one, he's the one that puts the devil to flight when the enemy comes in like a flood. I'm glad for that. When I can't handle him, it's wonderful to know the Holy Ghost can. When I can't put him on the run, I'm glad the Holy Ghost can. And he is the one uh, that helps our infirmities in prayer. He's the one that sanctifies. He's the one that leads. He's the one that checks. Oh, I'm glad for all that he does. And I can't prove it to you by the Bible, by book, chapter, and verse, but it seems to me in the light of, of all that I've thus far said about benefits from the Holy Ghost that there ought to be, there ought to be uh, added uh, truth impressed upon us in this, uh, that if we want to get a, the biggest possible benefit from our praying, be sure that we don't stop with uh, anything short of the Holy Ghost himself. He is the, the one that can do for us what uh, otherwise won't be done for us. Uh, let, me, let me see if I could illustrate it this way. Uh, suppose an individual says, Brother, brother, what's your biggest need over at your church? And hear him as he answers back and says, Really, our biggest need, our biggest need at our church is finance. If we don't get some finance, we're going to lose the church. And surely there are churches like that. And suppose after he's gotten that message, he gets down low before the Lord in uh, real earnest praying, uh, lying on his face in the floor, and, uh, and doesn't mention finance, but just welcomes the blessed Holy Ghost to come and to have right away and to take charge and to take over. Do you see that individual that told him his biggest need was finance, how disturbed he is and says something about like this? You must have misunderstood. I told you our biggest need was finance, and you didn't even mention it. Well, what if he didn't mention finance if, if he prayed in such a manner as to have the outpoured presence and power of the blessed Holy Ghost to be blessedly realized, richly realized? I, uh, some years ago, I was pastoring in southern Indiana, and it was unusual in that small Sunday school uh, that averaged 70 some one year to have more than $6 in the Sunday school offering. It was a practice to have a, a missionary offering from the Sunday school offering once a month. This particular Lord's Day, somebody went up and put down some money and said, uh, I think the offering ought to be $8 this uh, Sunday or this morning. And uh, somebody else went up and put down some money, and somewhere along the way it was $8 or better. And uh, somebody else went up and put down some money, and it was $13 or so. And somebody else put uh, uh, some money on the secretary's uh, uh, table there. Nobody was begging for money. Nobody was asking, how much will you give? And somebody else went up the second time. There was one man that had a habit of nudging his wife when an offering was being taken and saying, we can give a dollar. And this time he made four trips and put in over $20. 
it was $23 or better, and it was $27 or more, and it was $33 or more, and it was $41 or more, and it was uh, ended up with being $51. How could it be so, preacher? Well, white-haired Grandma Mayhew uh, began to shout and rejoice before the offering was uh, halfway up to 51 as I recall, it was blessed how the Holy Spirit moved in. Nobody was begging or priming or pulling, but the Spirit of God moved. I tell you, he can open more purse strings in two minutes than you can get open in 200 years. If we have the Holy Ghost to have full right away, he can even take care of financial needs. But let me further illustrate about the need of the Holy Ghost, the all-importance of his outpoured presence and power, that whatever else we get in answer to prayer, that his outpoured presence and power shall be ours by uh, further illustrating. Years ago, I was slated to be in a meeting out from Bedford, Indiana. When one of my evangelist friends heard that I was going to be there, he told me I would have a good time there. He had been there for two or three meetings, and, and he claimed I'd have a good time there. We started on a Monday night. We were to go through two Sundays, two full weeks of meeting, and uh, we got through the first week and through the second week down to uh, the second Sunday, and good time nothing, brother. It was hard. It was tied up and dry and cold. It was unspeakably awful. There had just been four people at the altar in that uh, meeting starting on Monday night going through uh, or up to the second Sunday. Well, some of them went to the dinner table. I went to the hayloft, but only the Lord knows how small a part I had in it, for there was a woman in that congregation that I never saw anything quite, to eat, uh, quite like it. Over in the amen corner, she would get up and, uh, and declare uh, or get shouting, rejoicing, happy over what the Lord is going to do. No, not what he is doing, what the Lord is going to do. I'd like to have some more people to help pray down Holy Ghost revivals that had faith like that. I say, I don't know how small a part I had. That woman was such a woman of prayer and her husband was a man of prayer and James Bloom was the pastor and he was such a man of prayer and Sister Bloom prayed and Mrs. Adcock prayed and I had a little part. Anyway, it was unspeakably wonderful what happened. It was supposed to stop the second Sunday night, and we got to the second Sunday night that was supposed to be the closing night, and lo and behold, there were two teenagers at the altar. Would you want to guess who they may have been? Yes, I imagine somebody made a right guess. The son and daughter of that woman that would get rejoicing happy over what the Lord's going to do. And after that altar service was over, there was another young lady that came to the altar, and she got so gloriously saved. She got up and testified, and in a little bit she was up testifying again. I go different places, and there will be numbers of people at the altar, and maybe not one that even wants to give a testimony. But she testified the third time, if I remember correctly, she testified four times and people shouted and rejoiced and got blessed and we got over to the preacher's house around one o'clock Monday morning. If you were to have a meeting like that in these days, they might put the preacher in jail for running the meeting so long as that. Anyway, it was unspeakably blessed what God did in that Sunday night service and I told you the, service, the meeting was supposed to stop that night, but it didn't. 
We had an altar service Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night. One night didn't preach and had two altar services. What made the difference, preacher? Well, they had the same two before preacher they had had before. Adcock was his name. They had the same church house that they were using for services. They were singing out of the same church hymnal or songbook. Preacher, what made, I don't have to tell you what made the difference. The outpoured presence and power of the blessed Holy Ghost made the difference. I hope we, you and I will have the Holy Ghost to be the director and the dynamic and the destiny of our praying that his outpoured presence and power shall be manifest on this hilltop until sinners will be brought under deep conviction and saints will rejoice anew in God and that young people may in days to come look back upon this as being a time when whatever else was done or not done, the blessed Holy Ghost was graciously and blessedly and richly poured out upon people in this place. Bless his name now and forever. Thank you for listening to Convention Pulpit, a ministry of Interchurch Holiness Convention, featuring Wesleyan voices past and present. For more sermons or for more information, visit www.ihconvention.com. This ministry is made possible through the financial support of our listeners. You may give online at ihconvention.com or send your donation to IHC, Post Office Box 99, New Berlin, Pennsylvania, 17855 USA. I don't want to lose the fire I don't want to lose the fire I don't want to lose the fire